Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thank you for listening, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast. We really appreciate your support here. Um, if you want to look for other ways to support this uh, this podcast and the stories that come from it, consider leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your pods. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. And it definitely helps this podcast and the stories within it get discovered. Additionally, uh, we have a Patreon if you want to support in that way, um, and that is going to be the Truth in This Art podcast, and that's on Patreon. Head on over there and support us um, to help us spread the word and, and elevate the truth in this art. Today, we're diving into the world of comics, but not the kind that you might be thinking of. My next guest crafts comics autobiographical in nature by weaving real stories and experiences into illustrated art. From interning to Marvel to putting together his own self-published series, he does it all. Please give a warm welcome to my guest, Jonathan Bayless. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. It's fantastic. I just um, just ate dinner, actually. I got it in early. Um, I've been doing this sort of new thing, so I'm feeling that my energy level is as high as it's been all day. What uh, What did you make? Um I've been, this is going to sound really, really wild, but I had this, uh, this ground chicken, um, bunch of different like spices, the low sodium stuff. And, um, I spam vegetables in there. So like kale, carrots, uh, rice, cauliflower, and, um, and it, it just worked. And because I want a little flavor in there, I've been playing with these different like Asian flavors. So I threw some chili crunch from Momofuku in there and oh, sure. a little, little bit of cheese It worked out really well, nice and balanced. That's cool. Are you, um, were you, were you aiming with this like ground chicken and veggies? Were you, are you aiming for a certain kind of uh, calorie count or any, anything like that? Or yeah, uh, definitely dropping the calories and also just trying to um, add more vegetables and try to just avoid goofy carbs. Now, granted, afterwards I did have one. I didn't do two, but I did have one. No, I did do two. Let me, let me stop lying. I did do two uh, shortbread cookies, but uh, I was just like, all right, I've been to the gym. I went, I went to the gym twice today. So I'm good. I'm good. That is pretty good. That, that is pretty good. I just went through, um, uh, I did Noom or, or actually I'm still doing Noom, yeah. but uh, you know, like I, I think during the pandemic, I was one of these people making sourdough breads like every week, you know, and uh, I ballooned up to like my highest weight ever. So I did Noom and I dropped 25 pounds. And so, you know, now I have a pretty good regulation of, you know, like it's a combination of like the right calories. You know, I'll do yoga every night and, you know, and now I have more energy for my seven year old that uh, I, I did not have two years ago. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm grateful for for putting the work in. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Well, that that's great, and um, you know, for for the folks, since you know, we'll sit here and just be you know two uh, two two dudes. I yeah. I, I want to kick off things by one thanking you for for coming on, and this is sort of the you know continuation of meeting you, and then feeling like I'm getting to know you as I'm going through your your work or what have you. And I was like, all right, I got the. How can I put it? You know, the you watch like those uh, those movies, the t detective movies, and it's like strings from different points. I feel mm -hmm. like I have that for you. So for the folks who are undipped and unfamiliar, can you please introduce yourself? And um, yeah, let's just start off there. Introduce yourself, please. 
Sure. My name is Jonathan Bayless. I write an autobiographical comic book called So Buttons. Every story begins with the word so. You know, so I met this person. So I went over here. So I did this thing. And uh, I the way that I write it, I mean, I write it as the stories come to me. And sometimes stories are immediate. And sometimes stories take 10 years. And so each issue... Uh, I don't want to say is all over the place, but there, but 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 it comes from different time frames. So there's not necessarily a straight line. Though the past couple of years, I feel like I've tried to actually curate it in a way that so that when someone reads the issue, that they um, that there is some kind of flow to it. And I think I think that actually uh, it worked out particularly with this issue number uh, thirteen that. Uh, you know, I had a couple of initial issues at the Small Press Expo, but I'm about to launch a uh, a Kickstarter at the end of the month in September to uh, to to really do a big uh, big send off of the of, of the new issue. But uh, yeah, Autobio Comics, that's what I do. <laughs> I, I love it. And we're definitely going to tap into that a bit more and to the Kickstarter a bit more. Um, so. You know we're you know we're we're a little bit removed from uh, SPX, and um, I, I want to tap in into sort of what has twenty twenty three been like. We're we're headed into what Q four of twenty twenty three. So what has yeah. that been like for you from a creativity standpoint? From a putting your book out there or putting your 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 books out there because it is. Like is a person that purchased them. I'll say this. I must say this before I even get to the conclusion of that question. I rarely say I'm gonna I'm gonna start reading this. And you know, dude, you left an impression on me just in meeting you in that brief period. I was like, <laughs> I like this dude. I was literally what I said to my girl. I was like, I like oh, this nice. dude. I'm gonna read this book immediately. And she nice. was like, You're still reading it. I was like, Yes, because it's funny and relatable. So you know, outside of that being a highlight, meaning the great Rob Lee. What <laughs> what has been a highlight for you within your world over this over 2023? So, I mean, it's funny. You met me at the highlight of of the year. I'm telling you, this is the this is the absolute truth. Right. So every year because you were you know, just to go go backwards since you were asking about 2023 and how it's been. Usually the way it works is I'll premiere a new issue at SPX, which is always uh, in September uh, in Bethesda, Maryland. Then after that, I'm usually inspired to like write, you know, like write down a couple of notes and, you know, and I'm I'm picking up mini comics from people. And, you know, I, I always find new artists, uh, you know, at SPX and stuff like this time around. I, I met this guy at a festival called Cake in Chicago. His name's Craig Campbell. And like he's very associated with CXC. And I think uh, Columbus, uh, maybe he teaches a class in comic comics in Columbus. And we were just talking at the bar and he's like, I want to collaborate. And I was like, yeah, that's great. You know, I was, I was like, and I Instagrammed him. I was like, give me your top five favorite movies. And then he gave me his movies. And sometimes I'll just stew in it for a little while. But this time it was immediate. I wonder if in the background you hear, uh, hear Brooklyn, a little bit of Brooklyn, the sirens <laughs> going on. Um, but, um, you know, his, his, his film prompts immediately led me to like write some notes. And then I just emailed him today being like, here are five potential things I could write about. Let me know if any of these sound, sound interesting to you. So then in the beginning of a year, 
is when I'm trying to script. I'm trying to script for three months, January to March, let's say. And then so I'm starting to send out scripts in March, hoping that I'll get artwork back um, by, you know, the, the deadline is always like the end of June or July 4th or something like that. And then, you know, no one ever makes it. They need the whole entire month of July. <laughs> and then I print the books in August and I have it in September again for SPX. And this year for SPX, I did my best sales ever at a convention in one day. Like maybe my, you know, the most books I've ever sold are 68, right? And probably at an SPX. I sold 75 in one day at SPX. Like that was amazing. Um, so that was already good. And then coming into SPX, I've never been on a panel before. I've been doing this for 15 years. I've never been on a panel, but I think mostly that has something to do with the fact that, um, like I'm just a writer, right? Most people at these small indie cons are both writer and artist, you know, in, in one, a self-sustaining creator where, you know, so I think as just a writer, I, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know if people look at me in the, in the same way, but they, but I got asked to be on this storytelling panel called Carousel, which is run by a guy from, uh, I'm pretty sure he lives in Brooklyn, but he puts the show on in Brooklyn, uh, uh, Bob Sikoriak, uh, who is like a genius mimic uh, artist of different, different styles, but he runs a show called Carousel and I was on Carousel. And then there was a panel the next day, a collaboration panel, and somebody, oop, my watch. Uh, there was a panel the next day and somebody dropped out uh, and they asked me if I wanted to be on the collaboration panel. And I said, yes, but it was with the Tamakis, right? So it was like, there was like a hundred people in that audience, every single one of them there for the Tamakis, you know, not there for me, but you know, like, uh, like I have an upbeat personality. And so, you know, I tried to throw a couple of, couple of jokes out there, whatever. And I did that panel. And, and also on the, um, uh, on the first day I was talking with uh, Francesca Lynn, who I know, you know, through, through SPX, like she, I think she runs the Ignatzes now, uh, but she, uh, she's got a, do a doctorate, like maybe even a doctorate in comics. And so whenever I see her, I go, what's up doc, you know, and I saw her <laughs> and she's like, she's like, Bayless, you could talk, uh, give out an Ignatz. And I go, yes, I want to do that. Like, so I gave out an Ignatz at the Ignatz awards and I gave it to Kate Beaton, who's Canadian and I'm married to a Canadian. And I just found out I'm, a partially Canadian in my ancestry. So, eh, you know, whatever, that was great. Uh, so yeah, so the SBX was amazing, uh, the best ever. And that was the highlight of my year, maybe the highlight of my mini comics career of 15 years. So Canadian. <laughs> so Canadian. You're so Japanese Canadian. I'm 25% Japanese, apparently. I, it's, it's funny. I have um, a buddy who is Japanese, uh, Philadelphia based, and because I wanted to connect with him, we uh, checked out the temple that he works at in uh, the middle oh, wow. of Philadelphia, and I started taking Duolingo courses on Japanese. Oh wow, that's got that's got to be tough. That has got to be tough. I mean, I've been I've been surrounded. The coincidence of this is I was surrounded by Japanese culture as a child. Like mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of Japanese people on my street because we had um, 
it was one of these things where you had a business exchange program because IBM was in my town yeah. with Japan. And so businessmen would come and live for five years in our town. And so their Japanese school was created and there were tons of origami books in my library. So I was always connected to Japanese culture. So it's like this kind of almost amazing, fun coincidence that I discover I'm 25% Japanese. <laughs> like, That's kind of, it's kind of amazing. It is. And, yep. um, I, and I'll, and I'll throw this in before I move to my next question. Yes. Um, yes, I, I was, I attended the, uh, collaboration panel and oh. it, it's funny, me and my partner, we both went there because you mentioned it. We went there for you. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. And, uh, yeah, she's going to enjoy this because, uh, you know, we, we, and she and I, we, um, both are doing our own sort of separate comic thing, both as writers and working with artists. So cool. definitely, um, it's something that was, uh, relatable and we kind of connected with. Oh, nice. So comics are often a, a blend of art, storytelling, and a, a space where culture meets imagination. Where does your comics journey begin? And I have a second question within that, but I at least want to give you the space to answer that part. So my genesis with with comics, I mean, surely I uh, I read comics as I learned how to read through comics as a kid. Like I'm born in the Bronx, and my mom, you know, bought me Spider Man off the off off the rack, and that you know I just I learned how to read three through by reading Spider Man comic books, um, and continued reading my whole life. And uh, later in life, I went to NYU film school, right? I went went to school for filmmaking. And uh, I think by junior year, I needed a little bit of a break. So I actually wound up moving to London. Mm. And in London, down the street was a comic book store owned by a guy from Queens, like crazy coincidence. And so it was almost like this home away from home thing and being surrounded by comics. And I started discovering indie comics because I was only really a Marvel DC guy, like a lot, a lot of people or most people. But then I was opened up to brand new things. I was opened up to the British small press, uh, like, you know, guys like Eddie Campbell uh, and Phil Elliott and uh, Shaky Kane. But uh, but also like I was going through Marvel had this epic line of comics and I was into this guy Ted McKeever and uh, discovering Mobius and all this kind of stuff and I was like wow I, I you know I love comics maybe maybe I want to work in comics and not film and so I came back to New York my senior year got an internship and that internship was at Marvel Comics so I interned at Marvel Comics and on day one Jack Kirby dies. Um, so, uh, and I was, I was interning on this book called Marvel age, which was sort of a wizard magazine for, but just for, just for Marvel, uh, in comic book form. Um, and I wrote the obituary for Jack Kirby, uh, for, for Marvel age. And, uh, you know, I was hoping to get a job there, but like the industry was already a little weird. And this is like in 1994. Uh, and then, uh, I couldn't get a job. And then I wound up meeting an editor from Valiant Comics. And I said, uh, I said, hey, um, oh, you, I, actually, you know, he, this is slightly interesting. And I, I even did a comic story about it. So I couldn't get a job at Marvel, but they still invited me to go to some screening. And so while I'm at this screening, it was for Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein. I was behind a couple of Marvel editors being like, hey, got any leads on jobs? Got any leads on jobs? 
And the guy that I was sitting behind is a guy named Christian Cooper. And I don't know if you, if that name is familiar to you. He was, I think, assistant editor on Ghostwriter at the time. But now he's like a famous New York City bird watcher guy. And I think that, I think Disney Disney's even giving him like a like a show. But he went through a whole incident last year where he ran into some Karen that was like, you know, saying saying like, hey, you're going to be mean. You're being mean to my dog and whatever. And he's and like this is like this is like such a nice guy, <laughs> like you know, like he's there bird watching and there's some Karen whatever. Now he's got a like a bird show <laughs> on Disney or something. <laughs> anyway, so I'm behind Chris Cooper. I'm like, Chris, you got any jobs? He's like, no, I don't have any jobs. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. But then next to me is a guy from Valiant and that guy's like, hey, uh, how do you want to, you know, you want to work at Valiant? And I go, yeah, I want to work at Valiant. So then I got an internship at Valiant and I was there for a year. And then I also wound up getting an internship at the Tops company. They were doing comics at the time. And then that turned into an actual job. So I became an assistant editor on a book uh, based on, because, you know, Tops only does licensed products, uh, based on a failed Fox Space Marines in the future show called Space Above and Beyond. And I, wor and I you know, worked on that comic. And then the comics line totally imploded. And so then I worked in trading cards. Yeah. And so then I was working on star wars cards and x-files cards and xena cards and while i was there i was still being exposed to all kinds of independent comics and i saw a newspaper called free comics nyc and it was just local comics people putting putting out a newspaper and i said Oh, I could do this i know i could write something like this and a guy from work was like well i could draw it and I was like, great, well, let's do it. And so that was the first uh, so button strip. Oh, my alarm again. Stop that. So this guy at work said that he could draw it. And I was like, yeah, well, let's do it. You know, and so so I wrote this strip. He drew it. I sent it to the newspaper. They said yes. They printed it. It was super exciting. And I, you know, I had a couple of I, more ideas for stories. And then that newspaper folded <laughs> like immediately, like after the, I think the second issue or third issue. Um, but then I was dating this comedian at the time, you know, her, her name is now my wife, Ophira Eisenberg. And in these comedy clubs was a magazine called the comical. And in the back was a reprint of a Harvey Picar strip. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, well, if they have a reprint of something, maybe they want something new and maybe directly related to stand up comedy. And so I wrote the guy and I was like, I was like, hey, how would you like a comedian comic autobio comic strip? And the guy was like, yes. And so in that publication lasted for a few months. And I, you know, and so I did did a few strips for that for that magazine. And then I started to notice these other these. Oh, and I got and I got my first art. So my first artist, he stopped doing art completely after, you know, after that one strip he did for me. And so then I found artists through the Joe Kubert school in Jersey through Craigslist. <laughs> I put out an ad that was like guaranteed printing, you know, like, you know, be an artist. And so, one, so I got two guys, one was the artist for that. And the other one did this other strip because uh, like a literary anthology was asking for a comic and I and they accepted that one. So the two artists immediately got printed in these in these publications. And then I, then all of a sudden I had a bunch of strips. So I was like, well, 
let me just put together a comic and that'll be that. Yeah. So I apply to this thing called MOCA, you know, which is the is an annual festival in New York. And MOCA stands for Museum of Comic and Cartooning Art. And I brought my brought my one comic and they had switched from being in the puck building to the this place called the Armory. It was 100 degrees. There's no air conditioning. And I just sold my one book and I sold six copies <laughs> over two days. And um it was super thrilling and I still had like a leftover story that wasn't printed. So I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'll make two comics and I'll be done. <laughs> and now I'm on 13 comics and I'm not done. I'm not, I'm not done. So, uh, that is, that's sort of the, the genesis of, uh, of so buttons. Thank you. Wow. And, and <laughs> the thing is, is, it's funny. You're, you're like helping me like, kind of like sort through questions that I have. So I'm like checking them off as I'm going. Sure. And um, so, so for you, the, the storytelling component, there's sort of two pieces that relate back to so button. So one is the storytelling side. So I want to get a, you know, a sense on how, how do you go through like you're experiencing something I, I want to note this, like, this could be an interesting story later. Are you thinking in that mindset? Do you keep the notepad with you? Do you keep the iMessage up? And um, I, yeah. I'm always, um, I, uh, I use the iPhone. Mm. I use the iPhone for walk, for walking around. And often I will do a, like a voice record when I have like a line that's yeah. like, Oh, do a story about this thing. Because I think one of the things I'm, you know, it's sort of like So Buttons has been a discovery in general. Like, it's sort of like, I don't know why I started So Buttons and why, why, why I kept it going. But now I realize what I'm doing is I'm documenting all these little stories I've just told my whole life, right? Like, I just tell all of these little stories. And now I'm just turning them into into comics. So sometimes I'll go, Oh, this story about this girl that I, you know, that I had a crush on for 10 years. I was like, write that story, you know, like, so I'll, I'll do that. But I'm always keeping a, um, like some people will keep a, like a physical file. I have a, I have a folder on my hard drive, you know, like I've, I've just always had computers and I've got a folder on my hard drive. That's just simply like comics. And then, in, then it goes stories. And then there's like a hundred other folders and it's either like, it's got a line of, of a story or it's got bullet points of a fuller story. Or sometimes I just immediately flesh out a story. Cause most of my stuff is, you know, like one to four pages, um, uh, you know, for, for so buttons. So, you know, like some songwriters, you know, I could write a story in 20 minutes mm -hmm. and others take 10 years like that. It's, it's where it's worked out both both ways like i'm in a constant state of reviewing of, of of the notes and seeing what inspires me today but also when i'm working with a new artist like i was talking about craig you know i was like oh there's this like you know pulp fiction story that i you know that i that i want to do and like if he's likes that then you know i will flesh it out for him you know because i already have a couple of couple of bullet points and so so in that what is what is that like in sort of, you know, sourcing and, and, and reaching out to artists? You, you you gave that example. And I remember, you know, at in the panel or what have you, because Carl was on the panel with you, worked on mm. uh, 13. So, you know, what is that like? Because, you know, I this podcast is very collaborative, right? You know, yeah. 
700 episodes, right? So that's amazing. And then, you know, you have varying degrees. Some people are like, I I framed it, I framed it in the past, like a creative blind date. You know, Mm -hmm. you never really know like, oh, okay, I know about your work, but you could be a flake or you could be just not the most uh, conversational person or, or super shy or what have you. So what are what are some of those sort of like early things like you can dig someone's work, but Mm. working with them might be a sort of a different vibe. Tell me about how do you kind of like look through that to figure out like I'm sharing this autobiographical story and they're going to, you know, visualize it. How does that, you know, sort of relationship come to be? So it is it's a mixed it's a mixed bag. There's a lot there's a lot of ways to answer this answer this question. So in the beginning, I had only worked with like just just a few artists for, you know, a a couple of issues. Um, And now it's grown to like 60 or something like that. And there's there's a good combination as far as asking, Mm -hmm. like it's very simple. Like I look I see an artist or I like I like their work. And I will just ask them and I, and I offer money. I, everyone is, everyone is paid. So, um, so it's, you know, I want to say it's a respectful ask you know, each, <laughs> each time at a minimum, it's respectful in that, in that regard. So, um, but it's usually like, I look at their style and I go, I think I could write something to their style. Um, and I I'm a collaborative person. Like my entire life is kind of collaboration. Like my day job, I'm a, um, I've been like a kind of a writer producer of promos, like TV promos for 20 years. And it's, I'm working with different voiceover artists, different editors, you know, different, different producers, different creative directors, like I'm everything's collaboration. So I have a, I think I have a, a built up skill to work with different people and to tailor my work to their tastes. Right. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, it was like, I really wanted to expand who, who I work with. So I would just buy mini comics at, at these conventions. And then I would just email them and I would say, Hey, I like your work. I would like to work with you. I will pay you. And in the beginning, most of the people that I worked with were like really at the beginning. So the I so I was a lot of people's first paycheck. I think. I mean, like we're not talking like a million dollars here, but you know, like you know, hundreds of dollars. You know, and that's uh, that's nice for somebody who's never been paid before sure. to do to do their art. So uh, you know, it started off that way, and I realized that pretty quickly that almost everyone I worked with was like a dude. And I was like, man, I got like, I got to find, I got to find some women. Right. And so I was was like, I I want, I want to diversify. So um, there was this group of uh, artists uh, that, uh, that that were sort of collaborating or at least working in the same space in Brooklyn. And they called themselves pizza Island. And I think they were already way too famous. I mean, I got rejected and I got rejected by every single one of them, but every single one of them is like crazy successful now, right? It's like Kate Beaton and Julia Wirtz and Lisa Hannawalt. She's had two two Netflix shows. I mean, like just people who are like outrageously 
good and you know so there's a lot of rejection uh, in in asking artists to work on something that's not theirs which is i hold i hold no 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 grudges whatsoever i mean i approach these people because i like their work so um but eventually i did start start getting some some women artists and then i was like i was like I still don't. I still don't think I'm diverse enough. And then, so I go. So, do you know who Mari Naomi is? Is that someone you know? She. Uh, well, no, I shouldn't say she. She. Uh, I believe um, Mari identifies as non-binary. So I say they. So uh, they created um, a couple of databases. Yeah. One was a person of color cartoonist yeah. database, and one was an LGBTQ uh, cartoonist database. And now, after 13 issues, every single issue, I go to one of those databases to find somebody new and different to work with. And it uh, and some of some of the the combinations of of you know different different backgrounds just adds just adds everything to the to the mix of of collaboration, right? I mean, like you know, like if it's like if every so buttons was was just purely one older nebishy Jewish guy from New York, you know, like, you know, it needed, I felt like it needed flavor. And, and by working with so many different artists, I get a lot of flavors in there. There's a lot of spices that are added in there that pe people don't even necessarily notice, you know, it's not like, you know, a lot of it could be even super subtle, mm -hmm. uh, but but to me, it's uh, it's it's everything that I'm working with so many uh, different people. It's great. So I got I got two more sort of real questions that I want to ask you, and then I want to hit you with some rapid fire questions in the back yeah. end because those are always fun. Yeah. Uh, so you know, as a fellow Aquarian, you know, yes. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Um, talk about how you maybe embrace your quirks or in, uh, your your strangeness, if you will, because I think we all have it. Like, I'm a strange dude. Uh, how do you embrace that um, as it, you know, perhaps fuels your creativity? Like, what are those sort of traits about you that a lot of times I think are connected to star signs? But, you know, I'm sure someone will disagree with me. Um, but, you know, some of those traits that kind of show up in your work, how you approach your work or how you approach collaboration, but some of those, those, those weird, you know, traits. So, so it's funny, I am not an astrological guy, but I think what you picked up on is that I've been doing a series of strips in the past few issues of So Buttons, where I have done strips about people who share my birthday my 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 actual birthday so it's like not even a a sign it's sort of like it's it's a hundred percent my you know, my birthday to different years you know um and it's almost this exercise in like how much i am not like these people but it's an exercise in can i do this in one page like do i'll do a celebrity bio in one page but in my you know sort of uh, you know, narcissistic autobio way, still make it about me. Uh, you know, how do I, how do I connect it? Right. How do I connect it? And so, you know, one of the first ones was Carol Channing. Carol Channing was, you know, she's like dead many years now, but was the first per person to play Hello Dolly and, and on Broadway. And I made that connection that in my aunt's 
house. She's got an Al Hirschfeld print of Stockard Channing. And I go, here's this connected the dot, connected the dot, connected the dot. By the way, we share the same birthday. Happy birthday to us, right? Uh, and then uh, I, in this past issue, I did one for Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan, the baseball pitcher. I yeah. mean, I'm not, there's nothing athletic about me whatsoever, you know, except I'll, you know, I'll fold myself into a yoga pose at night. Uh, but, you know, I can't throw, a, can't throw a baseball, but Nolan Ryan's a Hall of Famer, but he was on the Mets first. And I am a Mets, uh, a Mets fan. If I ever go to a baseball game, I'll go to a Mets game over a Yankees game. I don't hate the Yankees. I'm born in the Bronx. But my dad was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan, so he can't raise his son to like the Yankees. So I'm a Mets fan. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, like that's how I connect Nolan Ryan to me. And so, like, at this point, there's like six of those yeah. strips. And, you know, I, I, I at one point I was trying to figure out, like, well, what am I going to do with these besides putting in so buttons or like what's what's the through line of it? And one day I asked Alexa what is what are the traits of an Aquarius? Yeah. And, and oh, is it Aquarius sign are known to be authoritative, free spirited, and eccentric. However, they are also sometimes said to be extreme, inconsistent, unpredictable, and detached. Right. So there were these positive traits um uh you know attributed to Aquarius. And my son goes, Dad, you're none of those things. And I just thought, I was like, I was like, you just created the arc. Uh, you just created the arc. You know, like, you know, the arc is my, is, you know, is is me asking um, about the traits of an Aquarius. And my son saying, you're none of those things, but all of these people are those things. And that will bring bring it all together when I do 20 of these or something. But I'm, I'm only on six. Um, but uh you know, it's also like when I'm working with somebody brand new um, and I, you know, it's like I don't want to give them a multi pager. It's a good test to be like, hey, you know, I'm doing these one pagers. Do any of these names intrigue you? Um, you know, and I'll and, and I'll write that up. So, you know, I share the same birthday with Kerry Washington and um, and uh, I've been wanting to work with. Ben Passmore and Ben has a really great uh, color palette. And I'm like, oh, you know, like he's so political, but like, what if he did something that was just totally opposite? And he did a story about Kerry Washington's dress, you know, and he did it, you know, and it was great and it was beautiful. And, um, you know, like, it's just funny, the, 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 the things that come out of, you know, just these random prompts uh so you know i mean yeah aquarians i guess they're supposed to be kind of artistic and eccentric and uh i guess i am i i am that way for for sure and i'm making comics about people literally born on my birthday it's good it's good uh, i'll throw these these out i got buzz aldrin Questlove, and evan peters <laughs> oh wow that's cool Questlove <laughs> used to do um uh, I worked for NBC Universal, and he would always do our parties. He's a, he's a DJ, and yeah. he would do like he would he would do our parties, and you know, and he was like he would like he's like already in the building because he was like on the band for Jimmy Fallon or whatever, you know. So uh, that was like an easy gig for him. It's like he's like he just came downstairs. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's great. Through a, par a party, um, but uh, oh, that's cool. 
That's that was cool. definitely it was definitely in the the list as I was saying like uh, before we got started. My partner who, who was you know there at SPS with me and she was just like, "All right, do just mention that he does the same thing that you do." So you got to ask that question <laughs> oh, <laughs> in terms yeah. of like, oh, like she's like, "How do you know everybody who has the same birthday that you do?" I was like, "Oh, I keep an index." Oh yeah, oh, yeah. and I'm just oh, like, yeah, I wrote it all out. <laughs> I, yeah, I wrote it all out. There's like a whole list. <laughs> Looking for commonalities. Um, yeah. So this is sort of the last one that I, I got for you. Um, and, and and we'll sort of like wrap this portion up on this one. Um, I, I think a lot of times creative folks, you know, often walk this line between ego and insecurity. I know that I walk it. I stumble on it. Um, how do you navigate sort of that terrain in your creative life? And, you know, especially in kind of like writing stories that are ex experiences that, that you've had or what have you. And, you know, we kind of live and die with our work sometimes. Like, I know if this episode doesn't get 9 million views, I'm going to be really upset about it. So it's sort of that. So talk about that a bit. It's hard. Uh, I mean, it's it's really hard. I mean, my my background is I was like a bullied kid in school for most of my most of my childhood. So, you know, in general, I am super insecure. Um in in life and in comics i always feel like i started maybe 10 years later like you know like when i was at exhibiting at that mocha the first time i was like in my 30s when people were in their 20s and so i've always been older and i've always felt like an outsider and i think i developed this um you know uh, like a extroverted character that you know so i mean like what you're seeing of me right now and what you see of me at a convention is somehow i'm i don't even know how i do it anymore but i click into this extroverted character but on the inside i'm like i'm very much a mess at at, at all at, at all these conventions um and this convention was the first one in 15 years I really felt comfortable in my skin. Um, so I like how I deal with it. I mean, I feel like comics for me is it's barely a choice, right? Like I just, I, you know, I think because maybe, you know, like if you want to get psychological, you can go, well, I learned how to read that way. And so my brain developed with comics you know comics is part of my brain so now that i'm an adult it's still a part of my brain and so that's how i think creatively i think in creative terms of making comics um but you know to sell comics at a table is such a gut-wrenching uh gut-wrenching thing but you know i mean at this point i now have certain speeches uh you know i'll go like you know, what I do is funny, true stories adapted by by different artists. And then when they're looking at the horror issue, I go like, yes, like I said, normally I do true stories, but this one's clearly a horror issue. And the first story is a true story about how I found a dead body. And almost all every time someone will go like, you know, like what? Or like they'll have a gasp and I go, but there's a twist, you know, and, you know, it's w w whatever. So I have these little these little speeches. Um and uh you know and i and i fall into them and now i just do this thing where if someone is looking at my table i now 
I now basically just grab them with my eyes and hand movements. And I go, you need to look at this. And, you know, and so now, like now I feel like I feel almost a little bad about it. But like I used to be like I used to be uncomfortable selling, but now I'm like, no, I'm gonna fucking sell. You know, I don't know if I can curse. <laughs> I was like, but I'm gonna sell. Um, and you know, like I, I I could almost always tell too, like this person, I got a story for that person. I could just like I I could just I could just tell. Um uh and you know, I'm gonna say usually they're older, uh, but uh uh, you know, I'm I'm always like I feel like I feel like the kid. I feel like the kids, the kids of today could look at so buttons and and enjoy it. But, you know, they've got to look past this old exterior. You <laughs> look super young, for one. And when I when I looked up, because um, you, you and my my partner are the same age. Mm. And um, when I looked it up, I was like, huh. And um, but yeah, definitely. I'm always sort of questioning as to what these interactions are going to be. People, people are freaking weird at conventions sometimes. And, you yeah. Know, when, when I popped over there and I was like, all right. And you, you, you figured it out very early. Like I don't, I'm, I have a background in marketing. I usually will go for like the sales oh. pitch or whatever feels like that. But mm. I was like, no, I like this dude. That was literally the thing I took from it. And, you know, I was like, you know, I, and I think I mentioned it. I was like, the plan is for me and her to buy comics tomorrow. And I was like, I'm buying a comic now. So buy it now. Gotta buy and, it now. and then I came back over the next day because I still have um, the coffee, your coffee. I still have all of that stuff. Well, that's right. You got the coffee too, right? Yeah. It's good, and, right. My coffee's good. It is. And it, it is one of those things where, you know, you, you see what someone is doing and you, you pick up on it because I, I definitely relate in terms of, you know, I have to do anything that's different from what I normally do. This is kind of what I do. But it was like, hey, do a panel, moderate something. I'm like, yeah, my stomach is it nuts. Mm-hmm. And and you it, it, and I'm six four, right? Like, which uh-huh. I take up a lot of space. I can't really hide and be like, oh yeah, I'm just over here. So mm-hmm. trying to navigate that and you know, really being able to pick that up on people, pick it up from people. And when I go to these these different conventions, and I always like going to SPX and and looking at this is the second year I've gone because I think it's something about generally speaking it's something about folks who are independent they're not jaded they're accessible and you're the first of like four interviews I've booked you know from oh, wow. that's cool, yeah. that's cool. And, well, and, who else you got anyone I know um Carl <laughs> oh Carl you interview Carl I'm gonna interview him soon yeah um oh, I bought a couple good. books from him and uh and then, you know, it's going to be a good chat. And um, I reached out to Reagan as well, uh, Reagan Buchanan, and going to do that. And, you know, oh, man, that she she seems super cool, right? Like, you know, like she's got the Black Punk comic. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. So it, it's it's that. And it's kind of like, you know, especially in that time and going to the expo, like I've kind of shifted, you know, putting myself out there is a very it's a lot that you have to do sometimes, mm-hmm. but I think, especially in doing these interviews and booking guests and so on, because I'm it's one man show. And, yeah. but when it comes around to, um, being around your people and it's just like, you know, comics is my crime alley, if you will, that was what I wanted to do creatively starting out. And I got rejected from the school of the arts. Oh, I crushed it for me. So I just abandoned that idea, but I'm th- glad you didn't waste your money. <laughs> like you know, no, like it's. A, I went to film school. No one needed film school. No one needs that. You know, just be a PA, and if you want to do comics, just fucking draw. Like, like no one needs any of these places. They're not. They're not teaching the good shit anyway. And <laughs> and I think they're te- I, And I think 
not only are these places charging kids, you know, whatever it is, like $100,000 and they're putting them in debt, they're not telling them that there's no money in it. It's like, they're like, pay us the money. The money is in the teaching. <laughs> like, there's no money out there in, in comics. Like, it's, and kids are getting their hearts broken because they, you know, they think there's money out there and there really isn't, or it's, there's so little, little of it. And I think, I think people aren't being honest with a lot of kids today in the arts. Like, it's, it, you know, like America is hard right now. And uh, I think, I think a lot of these kids are being taken advantage of. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of validity there. And yeah, I think, you know, it's it's the Austin Cleon thing. You know, I didn't want to have the Phantom Limb syndrome and mm. I came back to it. And now I've kind of looked at what I'm doing. This is trying to fund this and trying to do all of that stuff. And we definitely have to talk about the Kickstarter in a bit. But, sure. you know, it is one of those things where I was able to maneuver my day job and use that as my funder to fund these activities and having totally. my crown and my skill set to keep the cost down. And at the end of the day, it's just like I don't pay myself, obviously, but I pay anybody that works with me in, in doing this. And the, the goal is it's not because I need to have X amount of downloads, though I you know have a relationship with the numbers, but it's more so I'm able to talk to super talented people like yourself and act like I'm smarter than I am. That's that's one of the key things that comes out of it. So what I what I want to do next in this these sort of final moments is we got a couple of things. We got sure. rapid fire questions. And I, as I say with everyone, don't overthink these. Whatever the answer is, is the answer. So um let's see. I got the first one. Outside of comics, and I, I know you've touched on yoga, you're a dad, you're a husband. What is one thing that you're very passionate about outside of like creative work? Oh my God, outside of creative work, um, baking sourdough lobes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's a good callback. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite adult beverage? I really like Petey Scotch from Isla. So it's like a Laphroaig is a is a brand I really like. Okay. Uh, see, I'm gonna see I'm using this to take ideas now. Uh sure. what is specifically with so buttons what is one trait or one characteristic that makes for a good story i think and my wife is a storyteller she she tells the stories with an organization called the moth and they've got a po podcast and a radio show and stuff and she has always instilled in me that if it if your life doesn't change in some way it's an anecdote it's a story if your life changes. So I really try to, you know, even in a one page story, try to make something change in my life. And since also since so buttons tends to be very positive, because uh, I try to look at it as a as an antidote to a lot of like, woe is me, autobio stuff, I want it to be more positive and happy it's usually a, a happy change. That's 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 what I hope for most of the time. I dig it. Now, this is sort of the last one. Uh, one of the things that hooked me early on um, in, in seeing, you know, the the trade of So Buttons was the, the cover. And I've noticed several movie references in there, which brings up this question. Mm. What movie universe do you think you would fit best in? What movie universe? Mm -hmm. I mean... Uh, I'm sure at some point that answer would have been like 
a Woody Allen universe, <laughs> but, that, but that that universe has been uh, canceled. Deprecated. And, uh, uh, that that's it for me. Uh, you know, I'm 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 done with that that universe. Um, what what universe would I be a part? You know what? I just happened upon um, I I subscribe to the Criterion Collection because I'm like a film nerd guy, and uh, there's a Long Island filmmaker that was popular in the in in the late 80s and 90s a guy named hal hartley and even though i'm not a long island guy um there's something about the there's a quirky nature to his films and then the way that people talk and then there's a random every once in a while is a random musical number and i go that's me i walk <laughs> around and all of a sudden i start singing you know it drives my kid crazy but you know uh i would say the hal hartley universe is where where i would probably fit in all right love it so that is pretty much the the crux of the main podcast here and you know one i want to thank you for coming on and, and chatting it up with me and two i want to invite and encourage you to in these final moments um share where folks can check you out share some information on your patreon i mean your, your kickstarter share some information that's coming up where can folks check you out and check your workout and to support your work the floor is yours sure uh, what I do a lot of is on Instagram, you could find me at So Buttons Comics. And so is S-O, uh, because every story starts with so. So Buttons Comics. And I will put up every couple of days uh, a page of comics as part of a story. So you'll see, you know, six to nine panels as like a swipe story. So if you just want to read some stuff, there's a ton of stories there to 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 dive into. Um I am also, I have a website called sobuttons.com. That's where you can kind of buy back issues and also look at look at some samples. But I'm about to do a Kickstarter for the brand new issue. I printed a couple of copies for SPX, but I want to do a bigger print run and hopefully with some like bells and whistles uh, on it, like spot gloss and stuff. Um, and I'm doing a Kickstarter. So that's going to start at the end of uh, September. So I'm sure if you look for something called so buttons film school in october you'll find me and that's that's how you could order the new issue and, and every other back issue as an add-on and there you have it folks i want to again thank jonathan bayless for coming on to the podcast and um, i'm rob lee saying that there's art culture and community in and around your neck of the woods you've just got to look for it <laughs> <laughs>